Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Journey, A Heart to Know God, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on April 7th, 2019. And uh, with all of our hearts and all that we are. Well, if you would, grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Jeremiah. We're going to continue in our series, and we're going to look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 24. There are 10 verses in this passage, and we're going to read all of those here in just a a few moments as we uh, begin to kind of continue on this journey that we've been on. And uh, I I hope that as you've read along, I hope you're reading along, uh, whether you're ahead or behind or uh, right on task with us, I hope you've been encouraged and, and you see how God is orchestrating this beautiful plan of grace, this relentless pursuit of his people, relentless pursuit of you personally, because there's so many things here in this book that, that are applicable to us uh, for today's time, for us in our moments that we live in faith, and as we personally uh, go on this journey of faith together. And uh, I know that I've been encouraged. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible, and uh, I just always learn something new every time I read it. Well, I, I wanted to ask us a question. I wanted you to ask a question to yourself. Um, have, you, have you ever wanted something so bad that you just kind of, it just eats you inside, you know? There's, there's just something you want. It might, might be in business. It might be, you know, with a family life. It may be in a relationship or whatever it is, but you've just wanted something so bad. Maybe it's a possession, something that you wanted to own, a home, a car, uh, whatever it is. Uh, we had it inside of you where you're just like, man, I, I just got to have this. This, this is what's going to make uh, the difference in my life. It's going to be a life changer, a, a, a game changer for me. Well, I, re- I remember when early on in our marriage, I owned a, a little business and, uh, and I wasn't a very big business, a very small business. And uh, for me, the, the thing that I always wanted was that big account. You know, I was always looking for that next big account. And, and I say that because most of my customers were small businesses, you know, uh, didn't do a whole lot of, of sales or volume in that sense. And, and so when I got the opportunity uh, to go after or uh, bid on a new big account, man, I tell you what, it just got me excited. I just got so excited. And, and uh, there were moments that God allowed me to, to bid on some of these big accounts. And I remember some of the specific ones because I'd have to do a whole lot of pre-work because I was a very small business. I really didn't have a whole lot of structure, if you will. Um, I didn't have all these formal you know, documents as far as... Um, that a lot of big companies require of you, you know. And uh, so when I would get the opportunity, I would do my homework. I would do everything that I would need to do. I would seek out help and extra uh, support to create these contracts, if you will, that would be reflective of, of being able to, to grab this new account and do all these things. But I just remember just, just the excitement that that new thing brought, you know, that opportunity to have something and just take myself over the the top to become a bigger better thriving business but in some of those moments I remember I just didn't get what I wanted I just didn't get the opportunity to have that account and and in those moments I just remember 
that, that in those moments, I'd come home, you know, I'd hear the news either by a phone call or a meeting, and they'd just say, hey, you know, you didn't get this. We decided to go with someone else. And I'd come home, and, and of course, you know, you could read my expressions. I, I wear my, my heart on my sleeve. You know, it's pretty easy to tell my emotions. Um, and my wife would look at me, and she's like, what happened? And I'd say, well, you know what? I just, I didn't get that account, you know. And, and I was pretty bummed, pretty de- devastated. My, my heart was broken, if you will. And uh, my wife, you know, she's just such an encourager. In fact, on a side note, just so you know, Janice and I are going to celebrate 28 years of marriage this next week. So give Janice a hand for putting up with me for literally over 30 some years together. And so she deserves a reward for that, doesn't she? But uh, I just remember, she's always been my encourager. She's always said the right things at the right moment. I remember every time that would happen, because it did happen multiple times, where I put my trust in man, and I was hoping for the next big thing. And she would just tell me this, simply this, every time, she'd just say, well, you have to understand that just maybe you didn't get this account. Maybe you just didn't get what you want, because God is trying to protect you from something. See, that that simple statement, that simple phrase uh, really spoke to my heart. Even though my heart and my emotions were were running wild, it it just reminded me that I'm not to put my trust in man, but my trust in God. And God knows what I need. He knows what I want. And he knows when to give it to me and when not to give it to me. And there's some dynamics to that 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 we in in our humanity have to understand that there'll be times when God gives us things or allows us to to stay in places or move to places because God has a plan for us. But we also have to understand there'll be times when, when God takes some things away from us, when God moves us away from some things. Maybe God moves us even out of town or out of state or away from a relationship or away from something that's not real healthy for us. And even in the moments when we see it as the next great big thing for our lives or the thing that will make all of the difference in our lives, we have to trust God and believe that he has our best interests at hand. And I, and I know that's not easy to do. You know, because in our humanity, we, we, we think that we need that. We think that's what will make the difference in our lives. If you would turn back from Jeremiah 24 to Jeremiah 17, and I want to read these couple of verses. Because I believe that this passage is important for us to understand. Especially if we're going to take the steps necessary to, to move forward on this journey of faith. Because a lot of times what happens is we lead with our hearts. We lead with our emotions. But listen to what Jeremiah says here in verse, uh, chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. Here's what it says. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. See, unfortunately, there'll be times when we have allowed our hearts to get the best of us. Too often, we lead our lives by our emotions and we allow our hearts to guide us. How many times have you said or someone said to you, just do what your heart tells you? You know, it sounds like a great statement and a lot of times, you know, it is a good statement to say. 
But the Bible tells us something different. It tells us that our heart is deceitful above all things. And we know that, that, that the sickness of the heart is a reflection of the sin that is in the world. That is a sin that has consumed us in the old life. And God says, I search the heart and I test the mind. To give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. See, fortunately, God knows our hearts. Fortunately, God wants to help us live this life in a way that would bring us to a place where we bear the fruit of his righteousness, where our deeds bear the glory of God. See, what God has done for us is he has set into motion a plan. He has placed us on a journey. He has put, in, put forth a plan to bring salvation to all mankind. See, he's given us this map, this roadmap that we are to follow and stay faithful to no matter what our heart says or no matter where our emotions may be in the moment. Because I tell you what, if I would always lead by emotions and I do at times, I'd be in a lot of trouble. Because I would do things that were selfish, self-centered, and really heartless because of the emotions that I feel, because of what my heart is saying and feeling in the moment. And so you and I, because of the way the heart is, we have to follow the map and we have to stick to the plan that God has set before us. Even when circumstances and situations tell us to do otherwise. See, this is where Jeremiah is at right now. This is where the people are at as we look at Jeremiah 24. They're in the midst of some circumstances and God is going to guide them. He's helping them to see the plan. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you this morning and we ask that, Lord, that you would open our eyes to the plan. Lord, we were created with a purpose for a purpose. Father, that purpose is yours. And Father, in the moments that, that we just don't understand, in the circumstances, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of all the chaos that may be happening around us in this world today, the tough moments that we face relationally, not only dealing with people outside of our homes, but dealing with people inside of our homes. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand what you have for us personally. Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to us that you would open our eyes to the wondrous things that you have for us, Father, and that we would be faithful on this journey, that we would make a commitment today to follow regardless of. And Father, as we take these steps, that we would trust you and believe in you, that we would look to your word and we would let it be a guide to our path. Lord, we thank you for the love that you've shown us. We thank you for the love that you continually show us and the mercy that you give us. Thank you for this new day and thank you that we get to gather together to give you praise and glory and honor. Lord, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Jeremiah chapter 24, starting in verse 1, it says, After Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Je Jeconiah, the son of Je Jehoiakim, king of Judah, together with the officials of du Judah, the craftsmen, and the metal workers, and had brought them to Babylon, the Lord showed me this vision. Behold, two baskets of figs placed before the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like first ripe figs, 
But the other basket had very bad figs, so bad that they could not be eaten. And the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I said, Figs. The good figs, very good. And the bad figs, very bad. So bad that they cannot be eaten. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Like these good figs, so I will regard as good the exiles from Judah, who I have sent away from this place to the land of Chaldeans. I will set my eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not pluck them away. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with their whole heart. But thus says the Lord, Like the bad figs that are so bad they cannot be eaten, so will I treat Zedekiah, the king of Judah, his officials, the remnant of Jerusalem who remain in this land, and those who dwell in the land of Egypt. I will make them a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth, to be a reproach, a byword, a taunt, and a curse in all the places where I shall drive them. And I will send sword, famine, and pestilence upon them until they shall be utterly destroyed from the land that I gave them and their fathers. See, there were some here that God is speaking of that are completely in on God's plan. There are some who are here half-hearted. And because of this, God was going to separate those who are faithful from the ones who are unfaithful to his plan. See, the path that has been set before you and I is very clear. God has this master plan that he has set into motion. The only question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is are we ready to go on the journey? Are we ready to commit completely to what God has for us? Well, if we are, the first thing we need to do is take the steps to know the plan. Look again at verses 2 and 3. He says, On one basket, one basket had very good figs, like ripe figs, but the other basket had very bad figs, so bad they could not be eaten. And the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I said, Figs, the good figs, very good, and the bad figs, very bad, so bad that they cannot be eaten. You have to listen to the question that God is asking Jeremiah. He says, what do you see around you? And Jeremiah acknowledges both the good and the bad. See, at this point, Jeremiah thought that all the people would be condemned. You know, God had spoken and said, shared some very deep, powerful things. He was calling the people adulterers and he was sharing that, that condemnation would be coming upon them if they didn't change their ways. And we see as, 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 we, as Jeremiah starts and begins to lament for the people, as he begins to, to mourn for the loss of God's people, this despair that he has, God senses in Jeremiah, I believe, this, this hopelessness. Not understanding or having a clarity to his plan. Not seeing what God is doing in the midst of all the chaos. And so God asks him this question, do you see this? What is before you? And Jeremiah acknowledges the fact that, that there is good people and there is bad people. There are good figs and there are bad figs. I want to ask you this morning, what, what do you see when you look at the world around you? Do you see the good? Do you see the bad? Or do you just see one or the other? 
And I think for, for a lot of people, what, what, where we make our mistakes is, is we see just the bad in others. We just see what, 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 what's broken and unrepairable. See, God says some very powerful things in this passage, and he's given us this picture that, yes, there is good and there is bad, but I am God and I am still in control. And let me show you the plan. All you have to do is open up your eyes and see what I'm doing. See, this is an important part of our journey. We have to be clear on what the plan is. We have to commit to the path that God has set before us. See, because there will always be good and there will always be bad around us. But that will never change God's plan. Do you believe that this morning? No, no matter what good happens in your life, no matter what bad happens in your life, that God's plan will never change. See, if we truly believe that, if we truly set our hearts upon the plan, if we truly understand that, our circumstances may not change, but we will. God will bring us to a place of understanding. He'll help us to discover all the great things that he has for us. I love what it says in Proverbs 4, verse 20 and 21. He says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Hold tightly to my words. See, we have to understand that in the toughest of moments, God's grace is being revealed. His word is here to provide us comfort. His grace is shown to us in all of these tough moments, in all of these circumstances that we go through, all of these things that we see in the world around us. You know, I know I've shared this with, before, with you before, but as I read through Jeremiah, it's a constant reminder to me that the, the, in the toughest of moments, the hardest things that you have faced, that you are facing, or that you will face, just remember that it's God's grace being revealed to you. See, God brings things to light so that he can show us his grace. He doesn't leave us in our sin. He doesn't let us believe and think, well, everything's okay, so I don't need this God. I don't need Jesus in my life because life is so good. I get to stay. I don't have to go. But those other guys, you know, they had to go. They're the exiles. So something wrong. There must be something wrong in their lives. See, God shows us our, his grace in the toughest of moments. And I would even dare to say that we should be thankful in those moments because it is God's grace that is being revealed to us. You know, this last week in our small group, we talked about suffering and, and what it means to suffer and what the Bible says about suffering. And of course, we all go to that one book, you know, the book of Job, you know, and uh, <laughs> well, right? Work is suffering? No, I'm, I'm kidding. Bad joke. I tried, you know. Chalk it up, 28 years, you know, give her a award. You know, she, she gets those every day. But, but suffering is something that we will all go through. Whether you've gone through it today, yesterday, or tomorrow, you will go through some type of suffering. You know, when you think about suffering in this world, when you think about suffering in this life, think about grace. 
Think about how God loves us so much that he doesn't leave us where we are. That God loves us so much that that he wants to change us and move us, even so much to tell us and remind us that our hearts are deceitful amongst all things, that they are sick. But the God that knows our hearts will give us new hearts. Now, I love what it says in Ezekiel when God says that he'll give his people a new heart. He'll remove the hearts of stone and he'll give us a heart of flesh. What a beautiful picture of God's grace that is. But sadly enough, sometimes we we move away from the plan because we don't know the plan or we don't seek to discover the plan. And, And so we allow our hearts to become what the world wants them to become. And we fight the opposition and we turn God into our opposition. And we don't want our hearts to change because our hearts are leading us. You know, I'm, I'm following my heart. This is right. This is good. But then the Bible tells us that we should be attentive to his words, that we should incline our ears. We should listen to what God is saying to, to each and every one of us. See, we have to trust in the fact that God is in control of the journey. He will see the plan through to the end. He is faithful in all things. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. It says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep what? His commandments. Today, tomorrow, and forever to a thousand generations. From grandpa to dad, grandma to granddaughter, to son to daughter, to those who love and keep his commands. See, God's love is infinite. God's love is overwhelming. His plan is perfect. There is no fallacy in what God is doing. It's not flawed. Our own personal plans, they're flawed. And because of this love, you and I can trust that God will show you the plan. And I, and I think that's the biggest part in our humanity is we don't understand the plan. We don't, we don't realize that, that God's going to reveal, reveal it to us as we go and we go on this journey of faith and as we discover because faith is just simply that, right? It's not things, see, things seen. It's not that we know what tomorrow is going to bring us, so we just go ahead and move into tomorrow because we're, we're safe and comfortable and happy and we know that tomorrow is going to be great. But it's because we move in tomorrow knowing that tomorrow is uncertain. Certain. That tomorrow, we just don't know. It may not even ever come. The old Rocky saying, you know, there is no tomorrow rock. <laughs> you know? We have to trust in God's plan. See, God will show you the plan. Verses 5 and 6. He says, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Listen to the plan. He says, like these good figs, so I will regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I have sent away from this place to the land of the Chaldeans. I will set my eyes on them for good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not pluck them up. See, God is saying, for you who stay faithful to my plan, even in the moments you are out of place 
or dealing with a hard circumstance, don't be afraid. Don't change the course. Stick to the plan. Don't lose hope. See, God will show you what he's doing as you go on this journey. God wants you to know that he has a plan for our lives. He wants us to go on this journey of faith and discover all the great things he has in store for us. Yeah, a lot of people will look at my life, and, and, and I just say this because they've shared this with me. They'll look at my wife, they'll look at my kids, they'll, they'll look at the things that we've been given, the things that we have, and, and they'll say, man, you, you've been blessed. You, you, you've been given, and, and you have a lot. Man, I, I have one guy at the gym that tells me every day, he's a real big muscly guy, and he tells me every day, he says, man, I just want to be like you. I was like, well, you're going to have to shave your hair and you know, get a little uglier, you know, and, and uh, get a tan, you know. I don't know if you want to do that or not, you know. And, uh, but when they look at our life, they, they think there's perfection. But, but I want to come before you this morning, put my heart on my sleeve and tell you there is no perfection in my life. I, I want to tell you that that on this journey that Janice and I have been on, on this road that God has placed Janice and I, we have faced hardships. We have faced death. We have lost. We have suffered. We have experienced moments that could have just brought us to separation. But I tell you, there's one variable in that plan. There's one variable that that has made the difference and it's putting Christ at the center of our relationship. And I don't say that to you to brag to you this morning, but I say that to you to to say that I am on that same journey as you are. I'm doing my very best to stay faithful to God's plan for my life. And I tell you what, each and every day is a new day. Just like for you, each and every day is a new day for me. And there's moments when I'm discouraged. There's moments when I'm encouraged. And there's moments when I ask God, why me? And I don't always get the answers to those questions. God doesn't always show me why. God doesn't always give me what I want. God sometimes takes away some things, even in the midst of when I'm asking for more. But I have to trust and believe that it's God's plan and that his plan is better than any plan that I could ever have. See, there's a prayer that you and I can pray in the midst of this journey of faith. And I I think and I believe it's a powerful prayer. And it comes out of Psalm 25, verse 4. Simple prayer. He says, make me to know your ways. Oh Lord, teach me your path. Make me to know your ways. Oh Lord, teach me your path. See, I offer a word of caution. Because I've prayed this prayer. I want to continue to pray this prayer. I offer a word of caution. If you pray this prayer, God may direct you to a place of utter discomfort. God may move you to maybe one of the hardest moments that you'll ever experience in your life. But I want to encourage you. If you pray this prayer, 
God will take you places that will bring joy, that will bring satisfaction, a wholeness, a peace, a comfort, an understanding that the world can never give you. But you have to trust in his plan. You have to believe in his plan. You have to believe that he is at work. Listen to what God says here in Isaiah chapter 55. Verses 8 and 9, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God's plan, his plans are to draw his people near to him. In everything he does, we see this relentless pursuit of his children, his relentless pursuit of you and I. He never gives up. He is patient, he is kind, and he is full of grace. He gives even when we don't deserve it, and he takes away because he knows it's not the best for us. I want to encourage you to never mistake a tough moment for anything but God's grace. See, God is separating the wholehearted from the half-hearted. And the question that's before us, who are we? Are we the good figs or the bad figs? Are we the wholehearted or the half-hearted? This morning as we close, I want to challenge us to make a decision that we wouldn't be half-hearted, that we wouldn't be halfway in, that we wouldn't let our hearts deceive us into thinking that, that we can just be partially in when necessary and partially out when it's convenient for us. That we would focus in on, on discovering what God's plan is for our lives and letting God show us the plan and then sticking wholeheartedly to the plan. See, because it's easy to walk away. Now, there's someone in my life right now that I love deeply. And he was sharing a story, a tough moment, a place where God used to bring him to a place of redemption. And he said as he was sitting in this room with this group of people, he was talking to a friend's sister, and as they were talking and having this conversation, she just sincerely stood up and looked him in the eye, and she says, you need help. And he just said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And she said, you need help. You need to go and get help for what's going on in your life. And he said, my response to her was, I don't need help. That, that's weak. That's weakness. I'm not weak. And this is the moment that God used to capture his life. This young lady looked him in the eyes and she said, if you don't get help, then you are truly weak. See, getting help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. This young man's mind was blown away that day. He left that room immediately, set out walking all by himself, and right now God is restoring him. Amen. See, that's God's plan. We have to stick to the plan. We have to be wholeheartedly because there's going to be a moment when God will use you in that same way. 
And you may not even realize it in the moment. But God wants to use you. God used Jeremiah to what? To plant and uproot. To build and to destroy. Not because Jeremiah was strong. Not because Jeremiah was old enough. Not because Jeremiah was good enough. But because God is good enough. And because he loves each and every one of us. God will use us. And I believe that just like the good figs, God will give you a heart for him. God knows your heart and he will reward the good figs that stay faithful to the plan no matter what our circumstances might be. I have a few more passages and they're not in your notes. If you would turn with me to the book of Revelation because I want us to have a better understanding of God's plan before we go. Revelation chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he had laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys to death in Hades. This is the words of Jesus Christ, our Savior. He is alive forevermore, and he holds the keys to life. Now turn with me to chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Jesus says this, the the one that holds the keys to life, the one that, that has mapped out the plan. He says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot, but that you would ever either be cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. In the same passage, verse 19 and 20. He says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. That's God's plan. See, Jesus died on a cross. He rose again. We're going to celebrate that here in a couple of weeks but we should celebrate that every week God has a plan and he doesn't want us to be half hearted he wants us to be all in he wants us to commit to the plan knowing that we'll be rewarded he says those I love I reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent come to me I stand at the door and I knock we're on our Verses today in our chapter 24. I want to close with this verse. Jeremiah 24 verse 7. God says this. As part of his plan. I will give them a heart. To know that I am the Lord. And they shall be my people. And I will be their God. For they shall return to me. With what? A whole heart. Let's bow our whole hearts to God. Father, we come into your presence and we know that you have a plan for us. There is a reward waiting for us, Father, in eternity. 
Father, though the days may become dark, the moments we may become weak, Father, we come into your presence with all of our hearts, with all that we are. Father, each and every one of us may be facing a, a different circumstance today. Father, we may be going through some of the greatest moments of our lives, some of the, the most blessed times that, that, that we've ever experienced. And some of us may be going through some of the toughest moments that we've ever experienced, Father. But either way, Father, we know that you have a plan for our lives. Father, either way, we know that you have called us to have a heart after you, a heart to know you, a heart to trust you and to believe in you, Father. Father, we, we come before you because you've offered us grace and mercy even though we don't deserve it. We come before you in Jesus' name because he died on a cross so that we might have forgiveness and, and grace for our bad behaviors, for the things that we've done that have been in opposition to you. Father, we know that, that our hearts, and we acknowledge that our hearts have deceived us, and, and we've led our lives with our hearts. Father, but today, we, we want to begin and, and just start anew. We want to go on this journey of faith, on this path that you have set before us. Father, we ask that you would search our hearts. Help us to see the things that stand in the way of us being faithful to the plan that you have before us. Father, give us the strength and the courage, no matter what the world around us says, no matter what our spouses say, no matter what our friends say, no matter what our kids say, no matter what anyone says. Father, that we would be faithful to this journey. Father, and together as your church, as the body of Christ, that we would show the world how much we love each other by encouraging each other, by reminding each other, by stirring each other up as we gather together in Jesus' name, as we grow in our faith together, and as we help each other stay faithful to the one true living God. God, you are God. And we proclaim that today. We believe that today. And we trust in you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.